And we are live here from the WERW studio in the basement of Shine Student Center. It is the post game once again. I am your host, AJ Gersh, alongside my fellow co-hosts, Ryan Tab, Charlie Desterco. Back at it again in the booth, boys. Finally, it's back. good to have you back. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, I was sidelined for a little bit. Had a little traumatic brain injury for a couple of weeks. Uh, I Injured was out. Reserve. I was on the IR, but I'm back. Happier than ever. DL. 15 day DL. Back in the booth. Let's get it. All right, so let's kick it right off. We're going to get right into big men on campus. This week, there are a lot of big men on campus. There yeah. are. It's we a big had, week. That, that was a hard pick. We had to pick one. Let's, that let's, was hard. Let's was take them choice. through that delineation and how we got to that point, right? We wanted to pick O'Shea, O'Shea Brissett after a great game against Eastern Drink. Washington O'Brissy. to kick off the season. Oh, Brissy, right? The Canadian boy. Yeah. But we determined that because it's senior night, tomorrow night, as the Orange take on Louisville in the Dome, Eric Dungey has to be our big man on campus. Has to be. Even though Charlie and I have trashed him for pretty much his entire career, at a certain point, when it comes to senior night, the respect has to be there, and so that's why Eric Dungey's yeah, our Eric, big man Yeah, Eric, you're on still campus. not that good. No, you, you're still you, trash, bro. You, you still got the big man on campus. <laughs> well, I mean, he's okay. <laughs> he's, all right. he's all right. No, he's okay. Legitimately, he's not no. trash. We've and, done this debate a thousand well. times. But and he means well. He'll, he'll probably be drafted, maybe not as a quarterback, but, you know. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be an unsigned free agent who's there to be yeah. the kind of the kind he's, of role that the season he'll, 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 like, he'll be like yeah. a Denard Robinson. Like, they'll, they'll peg him as an athlete. A tight end or something like that. They'll peg him as a, quote, athlete. A guy with his size and his strength and his speed is going to make the league. Maybe it's as UDFA, but, like. That he's going to make the league, That's right? He'll make the league. I, I think so. The reason that he's big man on campus, obviously, senior night is tomorrow. Big, big Packed game and big stage, because apparently, all the seniors have been out and about on Twitter, on social media. Even Dino Baber's getting in on it. Everyone's going to pack the dome tomorrow. I mean, yeah, it's interesting to see because this is the first time Syracuse could go undefeated at home in 17 years. It's a long time. Cause Seventeen Syracuse, years. That's how long ago Syracuse football Charlie, was, was relevant. What well, a, event. What a Syracuse finish it would be to lose that record to Louisville this year. Oh, it would be right. Great. Wouldn't that be quintessential it would be, it would Syracuse? Be, yeah, it would. It would come full circle. Be like Syracuse not good because then they got to play Notre Dame and BC on the road. Two tough games. This is honestly a must win for them. A must win. They, and they were and, and they were doing a lot of talking about uh, the playoff situation, especially after the rankings came out on Tuesday. Uh, in between. The uh, Champions Classic game, so in between uh, the Michigan State game and then the Duke-Kentucky game, so Michigan State-Kansas. And then in between that, uh, college game day was talking about that, right? And David Pollock kept trying to, like, understand the concept of what it means to control your own destiny. And he was, I mean, he, he got confused twice on air and then tweeted about it, that he doesn't understand how five teams could control their own destiny for four spots. And I'm like, dude, it's because Alabama plays Georgia. So the winner of that game is in guaranteed. Yeah, like, guaranteed. That's, like, that's the I issue. Don't know. I honestly think if, even if Georgia beats Alabama, can you even take Alabama out of the national playoffs? And that, have that's, a, that's a conversation that, that has to be had because people understand Alabama – Probably the best team oh, in the no, country. There's, after what they did to LSU, that was LSU. an absolute smackdown. It wasn't close. They wanted Bama. They got Bama. I mean, they clearly have the best defense in the country, hands down. The best part was that Alabama chanted, we want Bama. Yeah, that was that fun. Was the best that was part. fun. They're, they're by far and away the best team in but, the NFL. But the question you have to ask NCAA. yourself, right, and, and not or to get us. NCAA, <laughs> yeah. I said NFL. Well, they could be a good team in the NFL. No, they could I don't know. No, they couldn't. And just let me shut that down right now. Let me shut that down right now. I know you don't really believe that, but just for the people who make those kind of arguments. Every single player in the NFL was good enough to make the NFL. Not every single player on Alabama's roster is good enough the to make the NFL. That's blasphemous! Well, see, see, blasphemous! The biggest thing is, right, they have probably seven first-round picks. Right. Ish. Oh, first-round picks? 
seven. They have they have their defense. Their defense. They have like three or four at least. They'll, Tua, they'll, Tua's they'll have be the five. Pick they'll the have five first Not round this picks this year, but when he's ready. No, well, yeah. No, I mean, I'm saying like on this roster right now. So not all in the same play. draft. You're saying you're um, saying no, when yeah, they get two, drafted because two was not getting drafted. Right, this obviously, year. but two was a first round pick. First round. Correct, then you yeah. assume the their freshman well, wide receiver. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. He's a first round pick. But so let's say they have seven. Let's yeah. go with that. They, that that's seven of 22 players. Exactly. On the, on the field. Exactly. That's that's it's, the point. No, I know. I agree. I mean, this is the first Alabama team that that because Alabama's always been great because of their defense and they had a good run game. Now they have a quarterback. They still don't have special teams, which they've never had. Throughout yeah. throughout the heyday years of Alabama, so so the past what ten plus years, they've never had a about ten. They yeah. haven't had a serious elite quarterback. I mean, AJ prospect. McCarron was the best, and he's and, and, a, he's and a AJ McCarron. Correct, and and AJ McCarron, even while he was at Alabama, people acknowledged this guy is going to be manager. a backup, and he's going to be a game, it's, he's, he's a game, game manager. manager. In he's not an exciting player. The Alex he, Smith. He did what he did what he had to he do to he make the, that Crimson Tide team succeed. Yeah, but, but all you have to do now, is be able to throw the ball they 10 have, yards. They have Tua. You're gonna win, and and that's a game changer for a it program is. that has such a deep seated history in having an elite defense and a game manager. Yeah, as quarter, he's the number one pick in the draft next year. I don't think there's any question about it. It's possible for sure. I, it is I, possible. I, I will throw well, out the fact that that he he's left handed. I don't. I don't care. I'm a lefty. I, I think there are questions I like about. That. I think there then are questions about Tua's. I think there are questions about Tua's ability to put touch on the football. I don't think no. he's had to do that this year. But right. no quarterback is without questions. So, so I, I'm, I'm not. And to you say, also, yeah, and you're also talking about Alabama over the next year and a half. Right. Like, no, he's going to get better, of yeah. course. I just want to say, not to sidetrack us too much more from what we were going to get into, you, when you bring up that issue of okay, let's say Georgia does beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, who gets in? Um, you're looking. Well, let, let's say Notre Dame wins out too. So now you're taking independent and two SEC teams, and then you leave one spot for another Power Five, and you leave the rest of them out. Yeah, to go to Clemson. Okay, so Clemson's in, and you leave out the rest of the Power Five conferences. Well, yeah, who else? Who else? You leave could out the be Big there. Ten. Michigan could be in if they went out. Yeah, Michigan. You leave out Oklahoma. All right. You leave so, out Ohio so, State. So let me yeah. let me just I, run it I down. Don't think it's let wrong me just leave, run. And I don't think it's wrong to leave out the Pac-12. They've been abysmal this year. Oh, so I agree, let's count I agree. them out. All right. So so let me just run it down for you. Uh, Syracuse sitting here at number thirteen in the college football playoff ranking. Uh, in between the Orange and the Crimson Tide and are are Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, Louisiana State, Washington State, Louisiana State, West Virginia, <laughs> Ohio State, Kentucky. And the reigning national champions, think, UCF. Yeah, there, yeah, there's one team, maybe two, that would not smack Syracuse. That's above them. I, I don't I disagree. Think be, I think that'd be Kentucky. Kentucky but the thing about it is, the thing about it is, maybe Washington State. And maybe Washington State. Washington State, I, I would well, that be UCF. A they, they don't, they haven't played any solid competition. Yeah, I'm not in on UCF. I'm not I was in on last UCF. year, but this is a different I, UCF team. Yes, but UCF's just. You know, they haven't They're lost. UCF. They haven't lost in, in which two is years. wild. Which is which, which speaks is to their program and and how well they are able to develop within their conference. But people say but, people say, oh, how can you how can you keep them out of the playoff if they if they go undefeated for two years? The answer is very simple. It's all contextual the for the top. Well, yeah, it, it, but you have to assume right. If the idea of the playoff was to expand how many teams are able to compete for the national championship each year. An undefeated team, there's nothing more you can do except they went undefeated for two years. Let's say that's the circumstance. The way you leave them out is because is because of the context at the top, yeah, right? right. They're, not, and they're I will, not playing a ranked team at all this year. Correct. And and they and they barely ever play good teams. Right. So I will point at, out I will point out one thing is that they're sitting at number twelve, we're sitting at number number thirteen, and the score of their game against Pittsburgh was forty five to fourteen in favor of of the Knights. Yeah. 
So they are a good program. No, 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 no question about it. But national championship contender, I don't believe that for they a second. They were also home against Pitt. Pitt's a, t- a much better team. So, so it, insinuating that every team controls their own destiny per se, right? We had yeah. that conversation. Well, every that, team, that all five of those the, teams. The, the top five teams yeah. control their own destinies. Say a couple of them lose games. Then you and now you're Oklahoma. in murky water. Now you're in murky water in that six, set, five, six, seven, eight range where you're looking at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Potentially LSU, maybe Ohio State. Who, who in your mind could make that jump into the playoff if, by some weird, crazy circumstance, one of those top Ohio five State. teams? Well, so Ohio he, State falter. wins out and wins the bit. If they if they win out or and they win against Michigan, they're right. gonna they're gonna be in. Ohio State would be getting that that top five win if they beat Michigan, and they, that would what would yeah. have to happen for them to win out. So and that's where you look at it. But the committee, what the committee does, that I really really respect is they look at the team, and they really do look for complete teams. They're, and we've seen it. When, when teams have glaring issues, the committee acknowledges that. And this is, as much as it's a flawed process, this committee is a significant upgrade from the way this was done before the playoff. Make the college football playoffs eight teams. Well, Mike Leach wants you to make it 64. Yeah, 64 um, is the worst. <laughs> That's the worst decision you could but, ever have. Uh, Mike Leach is a funny guy. But I just think you have to acknowledge how bad Ohio State's defense has been this year. And you have to say, and the, the playoff has made a very, very clear um, point, which is that you do not earn a spot in the playoff. You you deserve a spot, right? The difference is that if you earn a spot, like UCF, undefeated for two seasons, that would yeah, qualify as earning, earning a spot. But correct, they don't deserve right. a spot. You're right, you're right. So I, Ohio State would be out there earning a spot. You, you, they you had me on edge a little defense. bit. Oh, I saw with your that. face. I was like, Ar- you don't earn, you deserve? I feel like... Well, it's a very, no, but, that, but do you understand Your, your argument is valid. Right, yes. so Ohio State would have earned it, but they, I don't think they would deserve it with how bad right, their defense is Let's put it this way, right? Of all the, the games, all the teams we've watched, there are three teams that are, quote-unquote, dominant and much better than everyone else, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree. And so you're looking at Clemson, Alabama, and Notre Dame? Yep. Okay. There, there hasn't... Notre, I think... I, they're, they're, they haven't lost. They have beaten up on almost every team they played, granted... You know, the whole Syracuse-Clemson game is close. But I think they're just far and away. There's three teams that are the best, and then the fourth I is think, up for grabs. I, I, really think, I really think you can put Michigan in that conversation as well. Yeah, because they lost Considering the their, only, their only loss is the first game against Notre Dame, which was a hell of a game. Only lost by a touchdown at Notre Dame. I think Michigan has to be in that conversation, too. Yeah. The team for me that's not in that conversation based off of the way they've played but that I have the most faith in in that next group is Oklahoma. That's a really good football team. Yeah, and again, they Big like Ohio State. always has weak defense. That's true. And they like Ohio flaw. State, they have issues yeah. on defense. They fired their defensive coordinator midway through the season. Like There are huge question marks there, and that's why they're not in that conversation. But if there is a team who's not in that top six right now, they also, that I would, or Oklahoma, they are six. Oklahoma, okay, let me, let me, that I'd like to see in there. Texas that'd be Tech. Them. I know, they Let struggle. me throw out a, a absolutely wild hypothetical for you guys right now. All right. If you are claiming that Notre Dame, is one of those most elite teams, which and I agree with. I play USC. Keep that in mind. A bad USC team, but that's a rivalry game. Team. You never know what happens. Say the Syracuse Orange get past Louisville this week. Yep. With a win, a dominant win. Yep. And then follow up the following week against Notre Dame and say they come out with a surprising upset victory. Yep. They're still two they're, losses. They're, they, play, they, play, they play January. They played a, a New Year's bowl game. They will be in a New Year's Six, but they entered the rankings too late to yeah. make that playoff push. Well, right. if they, it, theoretically speaking, had they lost to only Clemson and not Pitt by four points, then you're, right? Then, you're then they'd make about, a case for that. Then you're talking exactly. about okay, maybe this team deserves a spot because their only loss is to 
an undefeated Clemson team but that I, just put up 77 points. But you still can't do it, right? Because then no. you're looking at two ACC teams no, and yeah, maybe 100%. two SEC teams, the independents out. Like They can't do that. Right. So so even in that circumstance, they would have had to have won well, the Clemson Syracuse game. Well, if Syracuse had beaten Notre Dame, say in this theoretical, right, they're, they only lose to Clemson, they beat Notre Dame, they beat BC, you can make a case to put two ACC teams there. Because the amount you of You can make a case. I don't think it would be the right move. I think Clemson's in, Syracuse is out. You take and the I think the ACC college football team. playoff committee has kind of made that pretty evident that they don't want that sort of coming together of conferences. Right. They want to diversify the college football playoff. It's the which, best way to crown a champion. Exactly. It is. It is. So, so let's talk a little bit more about this Syracuse Orange football team. Let's do it, AJ. 13th in the country. This no, this is it's it's a fun team to watch, and I feel like it's it's week after week that we come in here it's and an you guys and you guys watch. roast Orange because it, they yes they are an aggravating team to watch. But what about this team makes them deserving of the 13th because ranking? Of Dino Babers' offense, their record. Yeah, that's what that's what makes Regardless them deserving of, the record, of it. Correct. Does yeah. the, I mean, if you again, like these are the kinds of things where you have to. I mean, Charlie and I have been proponents of of. Having we had we've had issues with this Syracuse team not just this year but since we started going to school here and I think that those those issues I don't know that they're solved right no, so it's just the this system no. this system is incredible what Dino's done is incredible and they performed at a higher level right and, and things are coming together the offense has fired on all cylinders this year it's been the best offense we've seen and we've seen great offenses right. ranked eighth in the Dino, country pretty right much. so they're covering up for a lot of flaws in that defense I don't believe this Syracuse team can go toe to toe with another great team in college no, football neither do I. they did it with Clemson and Clemson was hurt Clemson was beat up and they haven't gone toe to toe with any other really yeah good realistically teams. speaking you put you take every team in college football. And you put Syracuse against every single they're one. Not gonna, they're they're the 25 they're not going to They're 25-ish. Yeah, that's how I see them. This is, a, this is a low they 20s They lose ranking. to Penn State. They lose to Michigan State. They probably lose to Wisconsin. They lose to – I'm trying to think of other teams under them right now. Yeah, let's look. I mean, they lose to Auburn. Auburn. They, you know, they, nah, they, they could be Auburn. Texas, they'll lose. It, it, it's just there's a lot. And then there's an interesting matchup to, to conclude the season against Boston College, uh, who, who has been a surging team – this year, they, yeah, they've been on fire. But at the same time, you're looking at they're ranked 22nd right now. 17. So oh, they're up to 17. Excuse me, they're 22nd last week. Too. So they're in this conversation. They're in this situation where right where these the Q's best wins, and and it's not to knock the wins because they've been good wins are against these low 20 teams. NC State, BC is probably going to lose the Clemson this week. They might fall on rank. They might fall back into the low 20. So those are the kinds of wins you're looking at as signature yeah. wins. I'm not all in on that. Penn State. I mean, BC if they lose, they'll probably still. They'll be on the bottom of the twenty-five. Right, that's, what, that's where there. I think they'll end up. Probably, it's hard to take them out. Unless you they never lose know what else like happens. seventy-seven like, to sixteen, like like Louisville, Clemson, Louisville just fought each other. But yeah, it's just it is just at the end of the day, Syracuse football. They their wins have been great, and I mean they're not their wins have not been great, but they've been winning. And at the end exactly. of the day, that's that's what made them thirteenth. And their offense is the reason behind. I it. will I will just say again, earning the thirteenth spot in the country, not deserving the thirteenth spot Agreed. in the country. And with that, we're going to hop into a quick break. We'll be right back here on WERW. It's the post game. We'll be back in a sec.
Welcome back to the post game. We were just having a nice little conversation about the Syracuse Orange football team. Yes. Ranked 13th in the country. And we also had a great conversation about this banger of a song that we just had. Banger of a song. You've got me by the greeting committee. Uh, Shout out to the greeting committee for that wonderful, wonderful, magical tune. But <laughs> let's get back on track. Reel it back in. Reel it back in, boys. All right. All we were taught. Uh, if if, you, in, if you can't imagine, Charlie and I are currently reeling it back in our imaginary fishing poles. I don't know why you're both reeling each other in, though. It's usually one <laughs> it person is. reels you're and right. the other That's, moves toward. Yeah, Charlie, <laughs> we're doing the little dance. You know, you know yeah. when you, when you're out and you do the the the, the, the fishing pole fake throw. fishing pole throw yeah. and the dance. That's really That's like, good. Or like the lasso. Do you do that when you're out? Because oh, I've do. never done that one. You've I'm never out. done the fishing Yo, pole I dance. Lasso all the time. Oh, the lasso. Oh, when you when you do like the little lasso, get the hips into it. When I was at camp, when I was seven. Oh well, you went to camp and you were seven. Loser. Yeah. What did you do when you were seven? Went to Florida. Did not what? camp and swim. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good for you, All right. Charlie. <laughs> All right. Like I said, really back in. Uh, we, we were talking before the break about the Syracuse Orange football team ranked in ranked in the mid-teens of its perspective. In the early teens. In the, in the early teens, you, yeah. you might even say. But now let's dip it back a couple spots to 16 Ooh. from 13. But, and let's transition. switch it. And let's switch it from football over to basketball. Because the Syracuse Orange yes, ranked 16th in the country, currently sitting at one and zero. Home opening game, opening game of the entire season. Orange looked pretty good. That their defense did. Their defense, offense didn't. Correct. De- de- defense looked phenomenal. You might say. You know, ten points in the first half held the elite program of the Eastern Washington Eagles. <laughs> I don't know Eagles if I'd say elite. To, to ten points sky. in the first half. Hey, the Big Sky. Don't sleep on the Big Sky. The big Sky. Here's what I'm gonna do, AJ. I'm gonna get out a pillow and I'm gonna sleep. So thoroughly on the big sky, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm gonna rest up tonight, only thinking about the big, the big sky. sky. Eastern Washington, Montana State. Yeah, we got some big, uh, big teams out there. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that was a close call right there. Almost, almost, almost. Oh, sorry, mom. Yeah. Got, a little, got a little too comfortable here. Yeah. Um, no, I mean the takeaway from the game for me, right, is we know we can play defense. We know Syracuse basketball can play defense. Now I was impressed with the way they played defense, given that it was the first game of the season and there were so many. Not young players starting, but young players getting into the rotation that we haven't seen before, who haven't had time to play into the zone. Obviously, returning all five starters was huge for Syracuse, and that's going to benefit the defense. But with the talent they now have on offense, between Jalen Carey, Elijah Hughes, the the addition of the sh- of shooting with Buddy Beheim, even though he was one of 11, we know the, <laughs> the kid di- can shoot. The addition of shooting, yeah. <laughs> we know the kid, maybe not making, but shooting. The well, addition no. of shooting, but he shot under 10% right. from the field. He was, he was one of 11, and he looked out of control out there, but we know he can shoot. We know he can shoot. That's a skill. If That's a basketball skill that if you've got it, you've got it. It's obviously nerves, their depth perception, the dome, I and mean, he's also contributing for his dad, who's a Hall of Fame coach. Right. Like that we, also... Right. Uh, all those pressures can lead to shooting like that. Now, with all that said... I was disappointed in the action on offense. It was limited like it was last year. I was impressed with Pascal, actually. He caught a couple passes in the post, kicked it out. Some skip passes from the post, Barama as well. It was really nice um, to see that. But it still felt like passing to go through the motions well, into isolation. I think, I think the biggest thing about that was that Tyus battle for the majority of the time played the point. Because Jalen Carey didn't come in until late. He only played 18 minutes. Frank Howard is out. Howard Washington is Barely played. He played two minutes or three minutes. I mean, yeah, seven. Yeah, seven. And didn't even take a shot. Yeah, I, he. I, they don't have a point guard yet. And that's, that's fine. But you can. You, they, I mean, you, but I agree with you, and that's why I'm not saying. Oh, you know, I w-, And first of all, based off the way they played, I wasn't saying. Oh, I'm expecting them to look like the San Antonio Spurs out here, running the most beautiful offense you've ever seen. But a little bit of action. You know, I mean, I'm really saying that these passes felt the same way I belabored them last year as you, being passes just to pass. I don't know. The only difference is 
there were a lot of open threes that were missed. There were opportunities made. You, I don't know if that's a byproduct of Eastern Washington just being a very bad program or Syracuse's offense finally getting some open shots in which they never had before. That's true. And Eastern Washington was running a zone. They were going 2-3, um, which does change. You know, it, It's hard to really get a good feel for what your team's going to be doing all year when they're going to be seeing man 90% of the time yeah. and then they're coming out and playing against a 2-3 in game one. So that does make a difference. And I, I was I, I don't mean to, to, to totally trash the offense because it was more productive. Uh, the points per possession were actually pretty appropriate when you go in and look yeah. at it. And they did move the ball well, better. Yeah, also, I just wasn't yeah. impressed like I expected to be with the offensive talent on this team. Right. Now. They have they have to be able to set up those set plays that we haven't seen in the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, in order to get their shooting percentage up from, from 38.7. Yeah. Right. In order to he... get their three-point percentage up from the, 17. The Abysmal. Biggest, yeah, the biggest problem, or the, I guess the biggest con to what you just said, uh, Ryan, about the points per possession was that they forced so many turnovers and got so many easy, wide-open dunks and lay-ins that it was like, really, their their points per possession was kind of inflated. In the half court, it wasn't too great. That's, right. that's and, the, and the turnover margin was almost in favor of Syracuse by double the amount. Right. You know, they, they forced 19 turnovers. Right? Yeah, it was bad. There was, there was a point, I, just, I put it actually in my uh, article that dropped today, a little shallow plug right there. Little but, little subtle plug subtle to plug. the Weird Daily flags, Orange. But, okay. but, um, <laughs> but they, there was, in the final two minutes, Eastern Washington crossed the half-court line twice. One on a one-and-one free throw because it was a rebounding foul, and the other was a up-tempo off a ties battle miss. Only time in the final two minutes of the game that they even Washington crossed half, crossed half court. Wow. Which is, it, it, it was just, they had no offense. They had no one that could go up against the length and athleticism that Syracuse had. And that played a big role into why this game was 66-34 and not 50-40. to 40. That's true. Right. And, and let, me, let me point out something, too, that I saw defensively that aggravated me, and I don't expect it to be an issue going forward, but I want to have been on air having said it in case it is. Um, O'Shea Brissett left his feet way too much on defense. Uh, and as much as he had a great game, it was aggravating to me to see him going for ball fakes when guys weren't in position to score, uh, trying to jump the lanes and like do too much almost and putting himself out of position. Now, luckily, Eastern Washington wasn't a team that could take advantage of that, but I think he got himself out of position by leaving the ground. That being said, and I think all basketball players have experienced this even if you just play recreationally and for fun, when you get a guy, when you know you're better than someone by a lot, sometimes you try and do too much because you think that on every play you can pick their pocket, you can block them. And I'm going to assume that's what this case was. I'm going to assume O'Shea said, man, these guys are bad. I'm going to try and get every block and every steal. So it's fine, right, if you come out and play Duke and you're not doing that. I just want to make sure we address that because I did. I, it happened, and that's a really bad tendency to have if that's how we're going to start the season. And if that continues, it's going to be an issue. Yeah, You can't I mean, leave your feet. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, Ty's battle shot bad too. I don't know if that's a byproduct of him being the point guard and, you know, he had the ball in his hands the majority of the time rather than being on the side and being able to drive into the hoop. But, I mean, he's a preseason All-American. I don't know if that's... It's preseason, but you know, but he yeah, you know he didn't really shoot that much, much either. It felt like Tyus was letting the kids play, kind of thing. Yeah, where where it was like we know who Tyus is. I mean, yeah, he was obviously angry because he was taking shots after the game. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, and you, your video angry. went kind of viral. You posted like two hundred and fifty favorites. Yeah, yeah weird, weird flex, but okay. That's <laughs> yeah, not a weird flex. That's called great social media presence. That that's called becoming an upcoming journalist, multimedia on, on online multi, journalist, MMOJ. Yeah, multi, yeah an MMJ. an upcoming MMJ in the world of basketball, and that is what you. Subtly weird flex, but okay. Just dropped on. <laughs> and hey, thirteen thousand views on on a, yeah. on a, a tweet. I, I gotta put tweet. this out here though. It's pretty with, cool with regards to that tweet, right? And, and it's nothing against your tweet, and it's cool as the hey, dome's Ryan's gonna, gonna come from my neck right He's now. He's gonna rush. No, it's not for your neck. It's for like the general basketball 
fan base's neck. I do not understand why people are like, oh, look at the work ethic of this work ethic of this guy. He shot badly tonight, so he stayed after to get better. I'm like, dude, I wouldn't leave the court on a miss when I was five. Like that's like a general rule of thumb is like you leave on a bucket, yeah, right? That's like, Ryan's right. a Division One basketball player. No, I'm not better than Tyus. I'm not five. better than Tyus. I'm just <laughs> Ryan saying, like, is a Division One broadcaster though. I'll <laughs> tell you that. Syracuse I'm just University saying, made. And it's not a bad thing, of course. Like good, good for Tyus for staying, but that's like. For me, that's par for the course. You struggled tonight, uh, you know. Stay out there working your craft, you? and it's good. But people are always like, "Oh man, this is incredible! Look at Tyus knocking down shots even after the game." I mean, what is he gonna do? Go sit in his room? Like, yeah, he's gonna do that later. Get up some shots, get in your rhythm, and be ready to go for were game you, two. Uh, of the season. Were you a top recruit uh, for journalism here? I actually was. No, I was probably <laughs> actually I, was. I'd call myself a three star. I think I kind of came out of the out of the out of the you know the I don't know what to call it. The but rafters. The, sure. <laughs> oh my God. I dove. I was out a walk on. So yeah, I was more in that three star category. Let me tell you, I my got, I got off the wait list, and and now I'm the basketball beat writer. So Syracuse doesn't know what's going on. My high school, uh, college, like my college advisor at high school, uh, when I told him I wanted to apply to Syracuse specifically he to be a part of the Newhouse program, he said you can give them seventy dollars and wait six months to hear no, or you can give me thirty five dollars now and I'll tell you the same answer. And why did he want thirty five dollars? Well, because it's half the price to hear no from Syracuse versus to hear no from. He's like, I'm giving you a deal. I'll tell you now for half the price, or you can give well, him seventy. Yeah, I guess. And I was like, mm. so got in, and my family bought him some champagne. There you uh, go, thirty five dollar I mean, bottle. Uh, that would be funny. I don't think so. That Obviously, he helped me, and he wasn't actually. I would send him a mean, fake thirty five dollar bill. <laughs> I was just been like, hey, here's 35 bucks. You know, suck it. It just was one of those moments where I was like, I knew I, I knew it. Was, but he's he right. ate his words. It was a long shot, you know. Yeah, and I, so I hear said. you on the wait list and me. So yes, I was not a five star recruit. I was no elite four star, five star guy. I wasn't a Tyus Battle, but AJ was. Were you? I, you know, <laughs> listen. Were you a blue chip AJ? I'm not. I'm not gonna brag here. Well, you have nothing to brag about at this point. AJ, so that's fine. Yeah. AJ was the Malachi Richardson. At this, um, yeah, exactly. Class of 2019. But just gets hot for a couple of weeks and does nothing else before that. He's a highly touted <laughs> prospect. <laughs> highly touted prospect working our ways down in the depths of the Shine Basement W-E-R-W studio. That's how we do it. But let's reel it back in uh, uh, for a minute. Reel it back reel in. It back you in. love that. The, the, wise, <laughs> the wise words of myself. Let's reel it back in. So let's talk a little bit about this about this Orange basketball team. From, from what I've seen... From what the expectations are, is that this is the deepest team that that this Orange program has put out in the past couple of years. That's a fact. Right. For the first time, for the first time ever, they have nine or ten Division One basketball. Might have players. too many players at this point, yeah. like to rotate everyone in. That's a fact. But they have I mean, they have ten players who are Division One caliber. What you said, AJ, is straight fact. This is the deepest team we've seen since we've been here. You're right, Charlie. We finally have a full roster of Division One talent. Not your and division power five division one yeah. talent top tier ACC. Just imagine talent. if if Baisley stayed though. That's that's the only thing that that I keep of course. thinking and about. And we can bela- we can belabor that all we want. And you know what would happen when Baisley stepped on the court against Duke? That same thing that happened against Kentucky. Yep. It would not have made a darn Zion difference. Zion would have dunked on Baisley's face. So let's take this year for what it is. Let's enjoy the ride. We're gonna climb up in the ranks. We might get game day when Duke comes to town. In, Pretty cool. What is that, March? January, yeah, February, I'm going to stand there with that sign for like the Venmo and be like, can you Venmo me for beer money or like <laughs> money to like get me through this $70,000 tuition that I have to pay? Yeah. And, and and that game is going to come. The hype in that week is going to be exciting. If you're in, if you're on campus, if you're around campus, if you're coming for the game, get here early. It's going to be exciting. Oh, yeah, this is, and the gonna, game itself is going to be. They're going to. Gonna, there's actually going to be people sleeping outside trying to get in for the best seats. Now. And oh, totally. they're mistake because they're going to be witnessing a massacre. Oh, 100 percent. Because yeah, this Duke, Duke, Duke this massacre. Duke, this Duke team 
might be one of the best college basketball teams I have ever watched well, in, in in live television. I said it going into the season. I said it a couple weeks ago. This Duke team has the potential to be one of the point-blank period greatest college basketball teams we've ever seen. Whether or not they fulfill that that destiny is a different story. They have to sustain that level of play, and that's your biggest question mark with freshmen, right, yeah, is just, what happens when the going gets tough. Just to fill you in as the viewers at home or listeners at home, they just beat the number two team in the country by 34 points. So it wasn't even close. From the get-go, too. It was yeah. 34 right off the bat, and it stayed 34 for the rest of the game. Yep, and, and to put things in, into perspective here, um, I believe it was Bagley, correct? Had the had the had, prior had the prior freshman uh, first game record for points scored, mm-hmm. uh, and, and R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. I think Bagley scored twenty five. Zion Williamson scored twenty eight in his first and game RJ as a Blue 33. Devil, and Barrett can scored thirty three points. Can we also say that Zion did this in twenty three minutes and effectively? Look at the shooting stats: eleven of thirteen, seven rebounds, twenty eight points. It's just it was just it was it, I, I, he had that nice pass to. Was well, Barrett in the, uh, the well, before the pass, my lord, well, the off the block. Oh, the block. Okay, yeah. so he just yeah. Uh, uh, so he just takes the ball out of the air, not with his hand, not with his forearm, with his elbow. He goes up and gets the block. He's a beast. Pushes down once. the floor. I'm sure you did. I, did, I actually what, did do that on once. like your little cousin. No, nah, on, t- on like I a little tank suit. On like a little like toddler hoop. Right, yeah. No, I actually. They fill the water in the bottom to make it stand up straight. Brought it down. It was actually the coolest moment of my life. That would not surprise me. That or I blocked a guy off the backboard once. No, um, you didn't. Yes, I've done that. I, I, I did that once. two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Oh well, we're uh, breakaway. Okay breakaway. Come from not, behind. Not high off, off the backboard, backboard okay, but off the backboard. It was fair. in. That's it fair. was in the intramural B League regular season. Charlie Desterco, palm the dude off the backboard. All right. So in the intramural B League playoffs, did you make any noise? I shot. I got like ten points, I think. Charlie, oh, okay. I've never balled with you, but I want you to know I'll put you on skates if we ever do. No, you're not gonna put me on skates. All I right, catch, catch, catch me on the golf course and then and then we'll <laughs> yeah, talk. I don't I'm do going golf. tonight. Oh, yeah, I don't do golf. That's no, not. You're going tonight. It's a Thursday night. There's a lot of college basketball on. There's a lot of uh, yeah, and it's gonna be happening right where I am. Elite college basketball. <laughs> Elite college I'm basketball college. live from the I'm women's building at Syracuse hey, University. Hey, hey, I go to Flanagan. All right, I don't oh, want to hear any of that not... women's building stuff. Wow, Flanagan courts are way better than the courts in the women's building. You heard, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. You heard it here last. It's all you had to hear. But yeah, just to bring it back, this Duke. <laughs> just to reel it back in. Yeah, this Duke team is unbelievable. You're looking at one of the all-time greatest college basketball coaches with one of the all-time great college basketball recruiting classes and an all-time great college basketball athlete in Zion Williamson. I'm yeah. not ready to anoint him an all-time great college basketball player. Or I didn't think he was going to be that good, and oh, was I wrong. Well, and you still have to – I mean, there are still certain things where yeah, his game is – the first game of the year. He, he's not a good shooter. Why, 11-13, um, though. He's not a great ball handler, but he's a power forward, so it's fine. Uh, you know, but but what you're looking at with Zion is a freak of an athlete. Did you see Jalen Rose compared Zion Williamson to LeBron James? Right, already it's aggravating when you already? look at these guys with the, the yes, their bodies are similar, their freakish athleticism is similar, and yet that's LeBron just, could shoot not as not as well as he can now, but better than Zion. That's can. that's just Google. How do I get more views? <laughs> okay, Zion to LeBron. Yeah, uh, you know, you and, and it, it doesn't it doesn't take into account the basketball <laughs> IQ, the understanding of the game, the ability to handle the basketball. Defending all five positions, like Zion's not there yet. No. So let's pump the brakes. He's not at the point LeBron was when he entered the league, which is that same age, finishing high school, and then LeBron right to the league and Zion to Duke. We're not there yet. No. But this you have is to. It's the first game. I, I really thought Cam Reddish was going to be the best, the best player on this Duke team, and he was the third leading scorer the other night. And I still think well, it's possible. Well, third leading scorer on Duke. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah he was. He was. Uh, what? Kelton Johnson had 23. No, I, but I'm. I'm saying in reference to that Duke team. 
but he still has the potential to be that best player, which is what's mind-blowing. It's crazy that Duke potentially could have three of the top five picks in the NBA draft. Oh, mind you, they could have three of the top three picks. Yeah. Oh, easily. So, I'm, yeah. You know, it's it's <laughs> this team is good. <laughs> like, there's no question about it. And yet, um, they're better is, than Syracuse by far. Oh, well, that's <laughs> no question. But yet, this remains college basketball, and they've Anything won nothing happen. but the same amount of games as Syracuse. They're yep. both one and zero. And come the tournament, you never know what happens. One bad game, you and boom, know. you're done. Plus, AJ, like you said, I mean, Eastern Washington's a way better win than Kentucky. Yeah, right. Way better win. Eastern Washington. The Eastern elite. Washington Eagles of the Big Sky they're Conference. The they're, they're, they're a top two hundred college basketball team. The, no, elite goals, not illegals. Yeah, the illegals. It's a little, elite, a little bit of a negative connotation. Elite goals. Yeah, the Carson Wentz Eagles are better than the uh, Eastern Washington Eagles. I'll tell you that. Maybe at football. At everything. <laughs> Carson Wentz would put anyone on skates on the court. Come on. Okay, so so let's talk a little bit about not college basketball, but maybe a little bit of high school basketball. Weirdly enough. So, Hmm. news broke earlier this week that we have a very household name type of figure. Last name type of figure. Last name type of figure. Heading to play some high school basketball, even though he does not have eligibility to play NCAA basketball. Undefeated, never lost. So, LaMelo Ball, playing for an elite high school basketball program with the hopes that maybe... This will propel NBA scouts uh, to look, take a deeper look at him, to, to develop a little bit of a deeper, um, I don't he know, recruiting mentality. Contract. Exactly. He wants that, that G League contract. He wants that million-dollar deal from, from big baller brand to be, collabing to be a, with uh, Adidas. Or, for Adidas. Exactly. So, so what do we think about LaMelo Ball? Is it, it's a little bit of a weird move to go from profession, international professional basketball back to high school. Yeah, it's weird. But I, honestly, it's better. if he plays good competition, he'll be playing better competition than he did abroad. And then when he does well in high school, that at least, you know, LaMelo Ball is a good player. And I think at the end of the day, he'll be in, he'll, he'll get an opportunity in the G League. I don't know if like it'll go anywhere further, but he, he is a good basketball player. He is playing at a very good program. He's the type of player who is exciting enough that a bad team... If they sign him to a G League, to a two-way contract, he's playing in the G League. He'll be able to come up, and they'll have to bring him up based off of the excitement that it'll generate for the fan base. They'll be calling for him to play. It's like Tim Tebow in the right. A little yeah, bit exactly. of con- little bit of controversy, a lot of excitement. But but I'm he's a player like I've never seen because he's got talent out the window. I mean he right. he is he's unbelievable um, for his age. He, and- for his age, right? Given given all the circumstances, uh, you know what his age is, the guys he's been playing against, all that stuff taken into account, he's great. But he has never, never listened to anybody on the court but his father. And when you say that, okay, I don't think that's an issue, generally speaking, with a guy like Lonzo, who's touted for his IQ and his passing ability, his ability to play basketball at the most intelligent level, at the smartest level. That's not Melo. LaMelo chucks shots. LaMelo is the man. So for him to come into an NBA G League team, how is the respect going to work there? Is he going right. to listen to his coaches? If that doesn't happen, he will never see an NBA floor. That's yeah. the biggest concern for me in high school and then if he signs that G League deal, which I think he eventually will. Yeah. Like you said, a, li- a little bit of an uncertainty uh, with, with LaMelo, but a lot of excitement. And you know who that reminds me of? A little bit of uncertainty, a lot of excitement. Let's transition over to the NFL with a player that we have a little bit of uncertainty about, but a lot of excitement surrounding Des Bryant. And his team, his new team. And his new team, the New Orleans Saints. I've been waiting for him to sign. And and when I got the notification they signed with the Saints, there were two things that crossed my mind. It was, wait, the Saints? And two, 
Oh my gosh. The Michael Saints. Thomas and, and Des, Des Bryant. Bryant are on the same field. Des Bryant, before he left, and obviously before Dak got there, was a top 10 wide receiver. And let's keep in mind, Dak is a bad quarterback. A bad quarterback. Bad quarterback. And now you have Drew Brees throwing you the football. A fantastic quarterback. You're a, a top you're, 10 quarterback You're one time. of the most physical wide receivers in the NFL. And now you have Alvin Kamara, who linebackers have to worry about. You have Michael Mark Thomas. Ingram as well. Who, yeah, but Mar- Michael Thomas, who the number one cornerback is going to be on. Now you are playing the number two cornerback. Which he's never done in his and career. And you're more athletic than them. You're bigger than them. Th- this is a good setup for Dez. He could feast. Yeah, I'm. I had on my fancy team. I dropped him two weeks ago. I am so angry at myself uh, because now Des Bryant is. I mean, we assume he's going to play in the next week or two. He's going to get adjusted to the offense, and by playoff time, he's going to be full fledged. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be so. This great. this Saints offense is is the best in the NFL. The best in the NFL, but are, are they? Or they could be. You know, you yeah. can make the argument. They're, them are the Rams of the Chiefs, especially yeah. now with 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 Des. But but what is the best team in the NFL in your in your guys' opinions? I still think it's the Rams. Now I picked against them last week in New Orleans. I didn't think that their defense had been playing well enough um, to warrant my pick for them to win that game. With that being said, they are equally as talented offensively than anyone else in the NFL, and they possess more defensive talent than any of those teams to top it off. We know they can play on the defensive side of the football. It's a matter of making that happen. And they're playing at such a high level, they're in that conversation. I think that has to give them the edge, that talent on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I've always said it is the Saints. Then the beginning of the year, I thought, well, them or the Pats. But the Saints, even before they signed Dez, I thought had the best offense in the NFL. They have one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic running back in the NFL. Dynamic for sure. Yes. he's not better. Than, Alvin Kamara is not better than Todd Gurley. But he's more dynamic. But he's more dynamic. And they have Michael Thomas, who's a top five wide receiver top five wide receiver in the NFL. They get Dez. They have Mark Ingram. They have a great line. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback. The only question mark is their defense. And I think over time, granted, they kind of you know blew up in the second half. The defense but the first was half was something they were that good. was very and, promising. And that was something that we saw last year with the Saints. And if they can figure it out defensively, I don't think there's anyone that can stop this team that's going to put up, whether you're the best defense or the worst in the NFL, they're putting up 40, 35, 40 points. Okay, so let me counter your point with a team that I do believe can go toe-to-toe with them offensively, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. This Kansas City Chiefs team, first of all, did not expect Patrick Mahomes to come out right out of the gate and and be the star that he has certainly implemented himself as uh, in, in this league. Not even the Chiefs did. Of course. No, no, one, expect, no one really expected... 29 touchdowns. I don't know if Pat Mahomes nine expected games. it. Of course not. Of course not. But it's happening. Right. And that, and they have Kareem Hunt and Tariq Hill and Mahomes play, playing like he is. Regardless of their defense, I think if you put the Chiefs up toe-to-toe with the Saints, they could go back and forth on offense. Maybe they don't have the, the, the amount of weapons that the Saints do. Maybe they don't have that second yeah, receiver. they have Travis Kelsey. But they have Travis Kelsey. Okay. Who, don't who sleep on Benjamin Watson. Don't, yeah, don't sleep on Benjamin Watson, NFL uh, Man of the Year. Couple, yeah, a couple years back yeah, when he was Saints, on the Ravens. The Saints have a good team. Their the, the, the question is the defense. The, right. the Chiefs, the question is, A, Mahomes is leading this team into the playoffs where he's never been before. Right. And, or a, yeah, a, and then B, Andy Reid has never really been successful. I like Andy Reid. I think he's a very underrated coach. I think he hasn't been successful. Great quarterbacks coach. I th- right. I think he hasn't been successful 
on the basis that he hasn't had the team yeah, I mean, to be successful. I think the, the success he's generated that's led to his failures is a product of him doing a lot with a little as opposed to him having enough and not doing anything with it. So I think he's brought those teams to the playoffs, failed to capitalize, and, and that's not a reflection of him. That's a, that is, It's a reflection of him in the positive light that he got them that far. But, AJ, to your point that the Chiefs might be the best team in the NFL, they might be on an isolated, like on an isolated one-off game. But in a series, if you were to somehow pit these teams against each other for 10 games at a time, I'm going to go with the Hall of Famer and Drew Brees. Even if these teams, if all else is equal between those two, bad defense, great offense, weapons all over the field, and dynamic quarterbacks, I trust Brees to make the right throw. And that's what it comes down to since in the playoffs. A turnover here and there can blow your chances. Yep, that's a great point. Ryan, and with that, we are going to take one more final break. When we come back, we got our favorite segment, the betting table. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball when we get back as well here on the post game on WERW. All right, a little bit of headbanging music here to lead us into 
our last segment of the show. Uh, unfortunately, Charlie had to step out to attend uh, a meeting. I professional reasons. Professional it's a job reasons. hunting thing, but jo- it's job positive. Yeah, nothing uh, to be worried yeah. about. Charlie, capital J, professional journalist. Got to do what you got to do. Uh, so now left in the booth. As Les Rose would say, he's going after a J-O-B. J-O-B. Capital J-O-B. Now left in the booth is my buddy Ryan Tab and myself, A.J. Gersh. I'm going to take you into the top of the hour here on WERW. So let's just get a last-minute last discussion real quick. I wanted to talk about baseball. Just just dip our toes in for a minute. Uh, free agency season coming around the corner, and some news broke this week about Bryce Harper potentially being the biggest bonehead uh, of this free agent class. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, he apparently turned down a $300 million 10-year deal, which would wild. have been the second in total value biggest contract in an MLB of all history. time. And I think he was uh, smart to do it because he's going to get an offer like that somewhere he wants to go. Right. And I think whatever team does it is making a mistake. I agree. I mean, I, I totally agree. I think that Harper, the reason that he didn't want it is so he could obviously test the market. Right. So we could see what team what, what the are Yankees really and the Dodgers interested, are looking at. Are really interested. I'm willing to maybe offer that $300 million threshold type of deal like Stanton received a few years back. <laughs> but but I, it just blows my mind that you can have someone sit in front of your face with a with a hypothetical check for three hundred million dollars, and you stand up and walk, and out. you stand up and you're like, no, nope, sorry, <laughs> not today, man. Can't I appreciate it. it, man, but you lowballed me, and I, I I don't like that. It's wild too because Harper Harper has even said that he he wants to play for for the Nationals. Like, yeah, which, it's PR. That's that's a it's bunch obvious of obvious jimbo. PR move, but he didn't he want clear, to. Be he clearly has had a a storied career so far with the Nationals. He likes the team from from an outward bystander standpoint, right? Uh, but I don't blame him for turning down three hundred million dollars over ten years. But it is absolutely ludicrous to me right. that someone could just turn that check away. Right. I mean, the only way you can turn that away is when you know that other teams are gonna are you're gonna be fielding offers like that from other teams. That other teams are gonna come out and and make similar, if not bigger, offers for you. Um, if not over less years, maybe a right. uh, little less money, but but higher per year, and that gives you still options at the tail end there. Um, uh, the, the ten year security would be nice for for a guy like that. I awesome. just the thing is, the Nationals have not made the aggressive pushes they've needed to to put him in a position to really be looking at a World Series. And for that reason alone, I think he's not ready to re-sign in Washington. Um, when when you consider what Bryce Harper. Although he, he loves Dave Martinez, yeah, he loves the organization. I'm sure he does. I mean, so where do you see Harper ending up? And, well, and listen, like like Kevin Durant loved the Thunder. He did. I right. mean, that's. I mean, you as much as of a of a jerk move as it was to go to Golden State, it was very clear. I mean, he started his career with the Sonics, but it's the same franchise, and they go to Oklahoma City, and he he said, "I grew up there." I mean, Bryce Harper as a guy has grown up in D.C. He came into the league young, like all these stars do, and he grew up there. So it's understandable he has affection towards the city, but from a baseball standpoint, I don't think he's going to be there. I think he ends up in L.A. or New York. Well, did you see this week he followed Reese Hoskins and Joel Embiid in the same day? The same day. So don't count out the Phillies either. I'm I'm not counting them out, and that certainly a a market like that would be, uh, they'd be willing to make that kind of push um, for him. But, But to me... Whatever team does it, like I said, it, it's, they're making a, a grave mistake for, for two reasons. One, we've seen, we saw it with the Fools contract, even though that was way later in his career. When you get a guy for that long, you're pretty much committing 
to the first three quarters. You're you're, right. you're paying for three quarters of of solid production, right? And you are basically saying, well, if he is any way productive in his last three or four we'll years of that contract, we will take it. It's but, like it's like you hope for for a Nelson Cruz type of push at the end of the contract, but you're expecting an Albert Pujols. Right, but then you look at what he's done as a baseball player since he came into the league, and his game has developed, but he's been in a hitting slump for almost two full seasons now, going yes. on pushing three as a slugger. That's that's wildly inappropriate. And a lot then, of strikeouts. Right, a lot of strikeouts. And he still gets on base because he does get walked in a lot of circumstances. He's still smart, but but, he's, yeah. but, he, but he swings and strikes out a fair amount. Um, he's got he's got a big attitude. A city like New York might like that, but for other other teams that might be an issue. And defensively, it's not like he's elite at his position. Where where you look at a Mike Trout, a guy who's developed his game since Tool he's been five. in the league. He he, yeah. he has everything. He he has all the tools, Mike Trout, which is why he will eventually be the highest paid player in baseball. But but I do agree with you. Whoever gives Harper this deal, you're making a mistake. The you only are. way you justify this is if you are in World Series contention today and you believe that he sets he is you the, over missing the edge. piece. Unless right. he brings you a ring in the next three years, this contract was a mistake. Of course. So so with that, let's just head right into our favorite segment. Had a nice little discussion on baseball. Yeah. Throw it in for the baseball lovers. Which the is day, not me. Which is not Ryan, <laughs> but I, I happen to like baseball. I happen to like the D- D.C., Maryland, Virginia uh, area sports, as you know. Uh, but but let's wrap it up here uh, for the postgame. Favorite segment, the betting table. Uh, Ryan, you want to give us the lowdown of what happened last week? Because uh, I missed it. Yeah, but. yeah. So um, I went 3-0. and so okay. celebrate that. But uh, AJ, you went, I believe, two and one. Right. It may have been one and two, two and one, or one and two. And then uh, AJ was zero and three. Or sorry, uh, Charlie, Charlie was zero and three. Right. So you're still in first place, uh, both all time handily. and for this season. I don't know if it's handily anymore. No, it's definitely not. Right. Uh, I'm. Uh, me and Charlie are now tied. I believe this season. I'm still ahead of him on the all time ranks. But um, pretty much once you guys stop making me pick baseball, this thing turns around. And I was leading for a while last year, and you started making me pick baseball, and things fell apart. And then we started off the year picking baseball, and things were bad. Yep. And we did away with that, and well, things so are looking lucky, up. Lucky for you, there's no baseball to pick today. Yeah. Uh, our three-game slate is Syracuse minus 21 uh, against Louisville, Ohio State minus 3.5 playing Michigan State, and then the Saints uh, over in the NFL minus 5.5 against the Bengals. Who you got? Um, so which game do you want to start with? Let's start with the Syracuse game. Okay, we're start the Syracuse game 21. It's a big line. I usually take the dog in those lines. But, boy, Louisville looked bad last week. This is not the kind of loss I expect Louisville to say, uh, we're, we're going to get better next week, we're going to bounce back. I expect this to be a soul-crushing loss for Louisville. I think they come out flat. Senior night, the Dome is going to be loud, and the Orange are going to have a pretty easy time. The only fear is that they overlook Louisville and get too excited for Notre Dame. But yep. I'm riding with Syracuse plus, uh, plus 20, minus 21. And uh, I, I believe Charlie is picking also Syracuse as well Syracuse. Uh, with that 21-point spread. I, on the other hand, uh, am going to go with Louisville, actually, covering the spread. Just for one reason, one reason only, is that when Syracuse seems to play the worst teams, uh, they, they seem to play down to the, to the do. competition. They do. Uh, and when they play the best teams, they seem to play up to the competition. Syracuse is one of those teams that you can put them out with any other team in the entire FBS, and they will look somewhat comparable. Yeah, because you, really you really just took a lot of wind out from, from my pick. I mean, man, you're almost swaying me. I'm not going to do it, but <laughs> so so. With even though it is it is senior night, it is senior night. The dome is going to be electric. I'm going with Louisville uh, to cover. This is the first time I've picked against Syracuse the entire year. Uh, so fingers crossed on that. Let's hop into the next game. It's one Ohio- of the first times you've ever picked against Syracuse ever, on the show. Ever, let alone this ever. year. Last year, yeah, you're right. Uh, Ohio State minus three and a half against Michigan State. Who you got? Oh, I got Dwayne Haskins in Ohio State. I got Urban Meyer. 
I got the team that didn't lose to Arizona State and Herm Edwards earlier in the year. Um, so I got Ohio State. And I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm just going to pick Michigan State. I think I think that they have the ability to to play to this Ohio, Ohio State team's level. I mean, we've talked about how good this Ohio State team could be. Michigan State has the ability to to win this game, let alone cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, so I, I'm going with Michigan State, and I believe Charlie uh, picked Michigan State as well. That's correct. So let's hop right into the last game, Saints minus five-and-a-half against the Bengals. Who you got? I got Saints, man. Um, I picked them last week to beat the Rams when they were an underdog, um, and I'm picking them this week to beat the Bengals as the favorite. I just think that offense is too potent. We addressed it on the show already. And for that reason alone, I, I just I don't see them lose it, winning by less than a touchdown. They're going to put up points. It's, it's a matter of scoring so many points the Bengals can't keep up. I don't see this being a field goal or a loss right. for them. Well, the Bengals happen to play the other team that I compared the Saints to earlier in the show, uh, the Chiefs, a couple of weeks ago. Ended up losing that game uh, by a score of 45-10. to 10. Yeah, sounds about right. And so, <laughs> for that reason, I'm going to go with the Saints, the, the most high-flying electric offense uh, in the NFC. And this addition of Des Bryant only makes it more fun of a team to watch. So, so I can't wait to see what this offense uh, gets into doing this week against the Bengals. I'm picking the Saints, covering that 5.5-point spread. And Charlie, and took, Charlie the took the home team, the home dogs, uh, the 5-3 and three Bengals, who are a good team. They're a good team. But but, you and I obviously we're on the same page here. are on the same page here, uh, and with that we're gonna wrap it up here from the W E R W studios in the basement of the Shine Student Center at Syracuse University for my co-host Ryan Tab and the absent Charlie Disturco. I am A J Gersh. We will see you next week. <laughs>